Dude. How many, um, how many, uh, Judd Apatow movies have you seen? I have no idea. I don't, I'm not, I don't like know his other work off the top of my head. Have you seen, um, have you seen Knocked Up? That's like, that's probably his most well-known movie is Knocked Up. What does Judd Apatow look like? Let me take a look at this guy. He's a older man with dark hair. 40-year-old virgin. A 40-year-old virgin is actually probably his most well-known. Did he direct that? He did. He directed that, uh, Knocked Up, Funny People with Adam Sandler. I'm looking right now. Yeah. This is 40. I think is what it's called. Yeah, dude. I haven't seen Haven't seen any of them. So this is your first. Okay. Well, most He directed a 30 for 30. Really? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Which one? Doc and Daryl. Huh. I don't know what that is. I don't either. But no, I'm I re- kinda, I don't know anything about his work. So I mean, mo- most of his movies are kind of, at least in a similar vein as this one. He like produced a lot of ones that I know about. Yeah, he's produced he a, produced a ton Pineapple of Express, movies. Step Brothers, mm-hmm. Bit Taylor, mm-hmm. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Super Bad. He's on a roll as a producer. Oh, yes. A lot of the movies he's produced are, I think, some of the funniest. Some of the funniest we have. Like, forget, dude, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think I think what he... Um, the movies he's produced probably lean a little heavier into comedy, whereas the ones he co-writes and directs are usually usually take a little more of a serious line. Like most of his movies that he he's directed are kind of closer to the vein of this of King of Staten Island. I was glad that Pete Davidson was one of the credited writers for this movie because it follows so closely to his actual his life story. that it's good that he had kind of some say in the direction it took. I'm very curious if um like in terms of production like how this movie came to be if, if that was something that Judd Apatow approached him about and said, "Hey, I'm I kind of want to do a movie about similar that sim- or I'm writing this movie and I think it relates to you. Do you want to either, you know, treat it for me or if he just went up to him and he was like, yeah. "Hey, I want to write a movie because I think your I think your upbringing is interesting. I think we should talk about it." make a movie about it. I mean, it. Pete I'd, Davidson has been pretty transparent about or, or the way I, that he grew up. Right. Still, I'm pretty sure, currently lives in his mom's basement. I believe so, yeah. And he's just he's been real open about the direction mm-hmm. that his life has took and the struggles that he's been through and things right. like that. So it's right. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too shocking if a director mm-hmm. slash producer slash whatever came up to him and was right. like, Hey, let's right. make a movie about it. And I think Judd Apatow's pretty well established in like the Saturday Night Live kind of uh crew so to speak mm-hmm. i mean a, a lot of the guys he's done movies with before have have come out of saturday night live um i mean it could also be vice versa too it could have been pete davidson coming to him i think this movie really does a good job of kind of um not holding anything back when because i mean pete davidson's life has been pretty well documented and yeah there's been some pretty serious things that have happened. I mean, before he was in the spotlight and while he was in the spotlight. And yeah. I think, I think this movie covers a lot of bases when it comes to what it covers and what it doesn't cover. I mean, obviously it doesn't cover everything because no movie can, no story in general can cover everything. Mm-hmm. But I think this one does, um, it does cover a lot and it, it has a, I mean, it, it just in runtime alone. I mean, it's a two hour and 10 minute long movie. Yeah. So there's a lot, I mean, there's obviously a lot you can cover in that. And um, 
honestly, I from what I've heard before seeing this movie, that was like the biggest problem people had with it was that it was, it was too too long. Too long. Yeah. Which, uh, while I agree that some movies can be too long, usually that's only when it's a bad movie. Like, if I'm watching a good movie and it's running a little long, I'm usually usually I'm more inclined to kind of give it a a pass or a break because yeah. I'm already. I'm already compelled by what's going on. Like I'm already into it. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like have it just end because, Oh, we've hit the two hour mark. So, and you know, this is a, you know, this is supposed to be kind of a more comedic film, so it shouldn't be running this long. I think it, it, I agree with you mostly. Um, I thought this probably could have been trimmed down a little bit, but the reason why it works for this movie also is because there's no, there's really no clear, like end that we're working towards. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just telling us the story of this guy's life um, over the course of however long it is. And so it doesn't feel like they're taking too long to get to the end because you don't really know what the end is or like where we're really headed with it. Mm -hmm. So it works with this kind of storytelling. And I, right. Right. um, It, I, I would agree that it might be a little bit too long, but it never felt like it was dragging. Right. And I think, honestly, um, I think some of the fat that could be trimmed off is moments where, like, they were kind of going for more, like, bit, like, jokey moments. Mm-hmm. That just didn't land for me. And I don't think that's necessarily something you should take out because those jokes could land for other people. Other people, others, someone yeah. else watching the movie could could have found that, that part funny. Well, and I love... I love Pete Davidson's like style of Dude, humor. Me his, too. Me too. The his um I don't know, the way that he does dark humor is very unique, but like he's also just such a personable guy. Mm-hmm. Um and it see I kind of get that idea of him off the screen too, but especially in his performances, he's just like the way that he just acts is likable. It's relatable and Right. And also I kind of get the idea based off of um, some of the cast, um, or, um, I guess like the, the cast in this movie that he's worked with before. Cause I don't know if you remember, right. he did, he was in the dirt. Did you ever watch that? No, I haven't Netflix? seen the dirt. Oh, it was about Motley Crue. Right. I haven't seen that, but. And I mean, so I know t- in, in King of Staten Island, we got that short little cameo from Machine Gun Kelly. Right. And right. Machine Gun Kelly is in the dirt. Okay. We also get another short cameo from Action Bronson. Yes. I kind of, I and I, I really don't know, so I can't say this for sure. I get the mm-hmm. idea that Pete Davidson is kind of just well-liked in Hollywood and like right, he's kind of right. part of the inner circle when it comes to comedy, when it comes to music, when it comes to um, film, all of those things. Yeah, and so I yeah. think a lot of those cameos and a lot of the casting, even having Bill Burr, as one of the leading roles right right probably has a lot to do with pete davidson Mm -hmm. more so than you know the producers or even judd apatow himself i think it has to do with that it has to do with i mean one thing judd apatow is really good at doing is kind of kind of putting people in the world he wants them to be in so they're they're you know this movie's literally called the king of staten island they're in Mm -hmm. staten island new york right so action bronson's a new york guy Bill Burr's a Boston guy, but he, he even his character within the film, he says, you know, I'm a Boston guy. I would never, I would never walk into Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I would never do that. Yeah. But so he he's really good at. I think with the casting there, it's it's a lot about 
people kind of knowing and enjoying Pete Davidson and wanting to kind of be a part of his story and also people knowing Judd Apatow and wanting to be a part of a movie he's making while also being that that Judd Apatow and the people that he works with are just really good at casting the right kind of people. Yeah. Because those every kind of pretty much every character that's in this movie has some tie to New York or New Jersey or Boston, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, that that part of the country. And it really it really shows in how they developed and kind of worked through their characters in the in the actual movie itself. Dude, I think too I think Pete Davidson has like some real acting talent. He got he got his start from <clears throat> Saturday Night Live. Yes. Um, but he his performance in this just seemed like so seamless and so Right. Like it didn't it didn't feel like he was acting, and maybe part of that is because it was so closely tied to mm-hmm. his actual story. Right. But like it really didn't seem like he was trying. And this isn't the yeah. this isn't how he got his start. This isn't necessarily where he's most comfortable. He's right. a comedian at heart. Right. And he does obviously he's I think he's still on Saturday Night Live. Yes, um, he, I been, believe he's still on But he's been cast. doing that for five or six years now. It's been a while, yeah. And I th- like I thought he was great in this, and he's been in a few other movies, mm, kind of in smaller roles. Like th- this yeah. is his first. This is his first, like where he's featured and where he's the first name listed on the on the on the cast list. Yeah, right? I mean, I I thought he did a great job. I was pretty impressed by. I him. will. I dude, I loved Pete David. I think I think having the connection. I think how how personal the story is do, does probably help. So I don't know. I don't know that it's like a, a perfect gauge of, um like how talented he might be as an actor. But on the flip side of that, like if you're, um, if you're able to so like, like perfectly reflect your own story. Yeah. Who, what's to say that you can't do that in a role. That's not exactly you. You know, I I think, I think that's the best, that's one of the better ways to kind of gauge if you are going to be as, you know, be skilled as an actor is if you can take your own story and make it so, worthwhile and, well, and I, I think, think that's part of what this movie does really well is it shows that Pete Davidson's story overall even though it's only semi-autobiographical is was worth telling and it was worth watching yeah I think maybe it makes it a little bit easier because he has kind of the emotional ties to the character that mm-hmm. he's playing right um and that might make it a little bit um more genuine um mm-hmm. but yeah I think that I think this movie goes a long way. If this is a path that he wants to continue to pursue, I'd love to see him in the other roles. And I think this movie probably opened up a lot of doors for him. Right. Once he finally, well, you know, once movies go back into. Right. I mean, this could be, this could be a great kind of opening into the film world. Yeah. For him. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I also really, I think you kind of, you kind of touched on this, like, uh, Pete Davidson's connection to music and musicians. I loved the soundtrack. Oh, it was so good. There's some really good, like the, the score itself was good, but um, a lot of the actual like music from artists kind of had a, a bigger role almost. Mm-hmm. Like this, the movie opens up with uh, the Kid Cudi song. Um, I can't think of what it's called. Like it's, some, it's like, I'm just, just what you made or just who I am, something like that. But, you know, uh, Pete Davidson and, and uh, Kid Cudi are really good friends. Yeah. But I think um, a lot of what uh, Kid Cudi's kind of music is all about is kind of very reflective of how what Pete, David's, Pete Davidson's character was all about in this movie. Yeah. You know, kind of a, kind of a, a 
younger adult with arrested development kind of trying to figure out his way but not knowing a path and being so influenced by just kind of being a sad person because of things that happened in their past I, and I think a lot of what a lot of what Cuddy sings about or raps about is very reflective of that and the couple of pieces of his songs worked really well in this movie and, and a lot of the music in general just was really felt like good just good music that really fit kind of the 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 feeling in in the the story that the movie was trying to tell yeah i think the whole thing um really the whole story and the music ties into it it was just mm. like very relatable just yeah. even if it was a small part here and there but kind of the the vibe that i got from um from pete davidson's character is just he at different points in the movie he reminded me of like somebody i know and i couldn't i couldn't like right put a put yeah. a finger on it i was mm-hmm. like he, like he's he seems like so familiar there he, and that's he, that's what that character was kind of built on is just that he can he can relate um to so many different aspects of life and mm-hmm. his his character kind of <laughs> Right, he's this twenty-four-year-old man, right, still right. living with his his mom. He doesn't really have a a career path chosen, or mm-hmm. like doesn't know what he wants to do. Right, you kind of he has these kind of same friends who aren't necessarily like leading him down a good path. But mm-hmm. like, it was just a very he's a very human character, and right. something that at one point or another, I think everybody can can relate to in in some way. And I I think. I think people people who have uh, like experienced real trauma like Pete Davidson has in real life, I think having experienced that in real life and then trying to put it into a character in a film, I think it makes it easier for them to to come off as a little more relatable. Yeah. Because they can they can just they can pull from actual experience to kind of to kind of put that into the character they're playing. And I think that's one thing Pete Davidson does really well. I I didn't I mean in some of those, some of those beats you mentioned, like the the friends that are leading him down the wrong path, him having you know, arrested development, not knowing what he wants to do with his life. A lot of those things are kind of, you know, kind of genre cliches at this point for kind of the yeah for kind of the dramedy. But I I never really, I never really hated any like, and they didn't try and subvert them too much in any way. Um, you know, this is a pretty pretty direct story in terms of the kind of the kind of notes they hit. Yes, there wasn't much up for interpretation. Right. And the, yeah, they 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 weren't going for like some subversive like you know, genre altering stuff. But I I didn't hate that. One thing I think they did really well though was they 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 made a movie that had a story with no real direction to it. Mm-hmm. It was purely character driven purely just about kind of them just living their day-to-day lives. Well, and part of that was the the character that we follow for most of the movie doesn't really have much direction of his own. Right. He's kind of just, you know, living day-to-day, mm-hmm. and we're, we're following along with him as he gets kicked out of right. his house, as he's trying to find a place to live, as mm-hmm. whatever. We just see these random events, too, yeah. that just happen to him on any given day. Right. Um. And yeah, I, I mean, it works. I think, you know, and I, th- I think mm, a lot of comedies, like they do, they, they have like a plot point to get to like, and some of the best ones and, and, you know, sometimes it works because, you know, the plot point can either be just such a, such a small part of the actual story that it doesn't really matter. But I think it's, it's really hard 
to make a movie that's worth seeing that's basically just kind of about nothing. Like there's yeah. no there's no major shift for them to or major event or or problem or thing for them to solve or event for them to get to. Um, it's just kind of like it's like a, it's literally just like a slice of life. It, it's just a slice of life story. It's yeah. just the problem was just figuring out what you're gonna do next, and that's right. something that everybody has to deal with, it, yeah, even if it, it's not in this. It's some, in the exact same way. It's something that's so simple, but also so human. So if you get it right, it it feels very, um, it feels easy to kind of connect to. And right. I mean, I've never been like a, you know, I've never had the same problems that Pete Davidson has had. Like I don't, you know. I don't have friends that I smoke weed with every day and don't help me get a general sense of direction. Like I've, I've had, you know, good people in my life, but it yeah. still felt relatable. Like it just, it, I was still able to kind of connect to his character in, in it, it made it feel worthwhile the yeah. whole time I was watching. I was actually, I was really interested. I, I wanted to see what was going to happen. And I think not, not only did Pete Davidson do a good job with his character, I really liked, um, Marissa Tomei, who plays his mother, mm-hmm. she was cast really well. But I think the the biggest standout with Davidson was Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr did a a great job of kind of taking his own personality, it, kind of similar to what Davidson did. A, a lot of what I think Bill Burr's character was 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 Bill Burr, just as a fireman instead of as a stand up comedian. And he he brought a lot of that kind of that Boston aggression to the table that you kind of, if you listen to, if you listen to Bill Burr, you, you kind of know he's, he's a, it's just kind of who he is like in his specials, how, you know, the world perceives Bill Burr is very similar to how his character is portrayed in, in this movie. But it was kind of, it was kind of cool to see him act as like almost this reluctant father figure character and how it kind of changes over the course of the two hours and 10 minutes that we see him. Cause he, he comes in pretty quick in, into the movie. I think he's 20 minutes in when his character kind of, kind of steps into the fold per se. Um, and I really, I enjoyed kind of their, I think him and Pete Davidson had really good back and forth, like really good, yeah. com- not just comedic chemistry, even, even like dramatic chemistry in some points. Um, like the scene where, uh, where they go out to the to the fire, like like an apartment fire, and you see Pete Davidson's character. It's like a very grounding, almost like a grounding moment for him. And it it's not grounding because of like what the the dialogue or what they say. It's grounding in the way that the scene is actually shot. Like you you see kind of the expressiveness in in Pete Davidson's face as the scene is unfolding, and you, it's it it's kind of like a a a very serious moment for him to realize how kind of human firefighters are that's because that's one of the biggest points at the start of the movie is that he he kind of has a lot of disrespect for firefighters well and it it kind of um it solidifies this idea that he learned at a very young age that life is kind of fragile and and one one day can change the outlook of right an entire life and he kind of sees that play out um, and they don't really have to tell us that we kind of know what he's thinking, at least, mm-hmm. at least generally. It's, it's kind of like a moment where like, I think he, throughout the movie, he always knows that life is fragile, but he's kind of in a position of like, who, who cares? Life is fragile. We're all going to die. Who gives a shit? Right. And then that, that's one of the moments in the movie where you kind of see like, like his face kind of light up like, Oh, life, life is fragile. 
but maybe there's some things worth trying to hold on to, like things that are worth trying to stay attached to and, and give your time to. Yeah. And I think Bill Burr's character does a lot of that for him kind of in that moment and after that moment, like when he starts uh, letting him tattoo on his back. That's such a cool little moment where he's like, hey, you know, you can practice on my back. I don't have any tattoos. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. I'm not going to see it. I don't care. No one's going to see it. <laughs> and some of the tattoos, when you do actually see them, are not great. Yeah. But then some of them are actually really good. It's like a cool, like, like the tattoos on his back show, like, Pete Davidson's progression as a character. Uh-huh. Like, you start at the bottom, and there's some weird shit and some not great tattoos. And you get to the top, and there's tattoos of, like, of his family and his sister and, and his mom with, with uh, Bill Burr's character. And it's kind of like these really cool kind of kind of homages to the, the people that he thinks are closer in his life. Mm-hmm. It's like a good little progression from lack of craft to really skilled drawing and, 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 you know, tattoo artistry. Yeah. Well, and I think, I also think that Pete Davidson played so well with um, kind of showing the the family relationships with his mom, with his sister. It was all, it was all just like very real. It didn't really um, like you could kind of get the sense that they were just a normal everyday family, right. with Their own normal everyday family drama mm-hmm. and a, a guy with, you know, who's kind of detached from, from his family. He doesn't really fit in well with mm-hmm. the current family dynamics, but you still know that he cares about them. They care about him and they, um, the way that they showed that was it. It was very smooth. It didn't really feel like anything was forced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we saw um, we saw the most like character progression from um, what was his mom's name? Was it like Marge? Margie or something? I think they yeah. called her Margie. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Um, but Marissa Tomei. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we saw probably the most character development over the course of the movie from her, even though she wasn't necessarily the focus of the film. I would agree. There's a lot that happens. To it her. was it was super interesting though. Their kind of their take on mental health, and mm-hmm. um, I wanted to bring it up because it didn't really seem like something that we were like getting bashed over the head with. But right. um, Scott <clears throat> Pete Davidson's character is right. very self aware. He's very much aware that events from his past shaped how he views the world today and, right. and how he acts today. He, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't use it as an excuse, but right. he doesn't shy away from it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't shy away from the fact that, um, that he struggles. He has ADHD kind of seems like he's just like an anxious person as well, which just a generally anxious. Would, yeah. Of course would make <clears throat> sense given the, the events from his past, but mm-hmm. it was a, I thought it was a really, again, and I've been using this word too much, but I think it was a very relatable way for them to, um, for them to express and, and kind of send a a message about mental health and how, Mm. um, how important it is to kind of understand your behavior and why you think the way that you do. And I thought of that when you brought up his kind of his mentality of like, we're all going to die anyway, Mm -hmm. because that's, that's something that comes up throughout the film is him telling people, you know, he has, he has the the kid when he's walking them to school. He has mm-hmm. the kid kiss his little sister and say yeah, goodbye kid, because right. she might die tomorrow. And she's like, "Why would I die tomorrow?" He's like, "You never know what could you happen. Never know what's gonna happen." And like, it's so the the way that they do that there, where he's telling that to like a seven year old kid, is kind of right. messed up. Super messed up. But it also like you, it gives you an understanding of really, it's an insight into his character and 
the way that he thinks about how anything could happen today. So Mm -hmm. like partially it's like live your best life and, and don't leave anything unsaid. But also part of it is like, who really cares what happens today because tomorrow it might not matter. And right. And it, there's some, there's some give and take in that mindset that he has, but it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, a sort of a nuanced way, at least in film of, of kind of showing that in a character. Right. And I think the, his progression kind of happens with him. Go, there, there's a, there's a, he kind of starts with a give and take of that idea. Like, like, you know, you know, we're all going to die. So why does it matter? But also we need to, you know, you need to live as if you're going to die tomorrow. I think his, the kind of main track of his character progression is, is is going more towards a person who just doesn't care about life to someone who, who does care about life with the same rec, you know, the same recognition that it could all end tomorrow anyway. Yes. But it, it, it becomes more of a, so who cares to a, so I need to develop these relationships tell that girl he's he's seeing throughout the movie that he loves her yeah stuff like that and honestly that was a you know i i kind of gathered from probably like an hour in that the movie wasn't going to have like you know a a kind of a a, a climax to go to yeah. like a third act climax to go to it was just going to kind of end mm-hmm. and i thought the way that they ended it was probably one of the better endings of a movie yeah i thought it was this great. year just of scott looking at the new york city skyline while pursuit of happiness plays over and, and he's just he's, he's broadening his horizons right he's just dropped off his now you know his now girlfriend that he's professed his love to yeah. off to her her new or you know her job application and she says hey can you can you hang out for while i while i do this then we can we can go back home to staten island together she, he's like yeah sure how long is it gonna be she's like uh three and a half hours and he's like yeah yeah i can stay she's like really yeah well, go go do some like what she said go get cultured do something, so, something cult- like that. Do yeah. something cultural. I, and it, just the, that's just kind of a good, I just felt like a really good moment to kind of, because it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you like this perfect little bow wrapped up at the end with like this great resolution. It just kind of ends at another, like that, the movie could have started there. Yeah. And we probably would have gotten a, a different story, but it. Well, it, and something great about that is that <clears throat> Pete Davidson's character, his, um, I'm just going to start saying Scott because it's driving me crazy mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson. So anyway, Scott, yeah. his his character development is kind of subtle throughout. I feel like his his mentality as a, as a person and kind of his outlook on the world doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. change. At the end, he's still like this reckless guy. He still has this mindset that, like you know it could all be over tomorrow he still doesn't have too much direction and you kind of see that when he at the at the end and and not to there's not really many spoilers to give away from this movie because it's just a movie about life there's no right there's nothing crazy that people need to watch out for but Mm -hmm. at the end when he's gonna profess his love to this girl he's helping her study on the on the ferry he reads a question and then he goes i love you i've loved you for a long time and then there's like kind of an awkward silence and he goes, next question. And he just keeps going with it. And that kind of, he kind of had that like <clears throat> that reckless, like just do whatever I want type attitude right, throughout. Right. We see kind of his loyalties change maybe a bit. Mm-hmm. And 
we see the things that he cares about change. Right. But the way that he acts is the same yeah. throughout the entire movie. And that's kind of why you could get the idea that at that end point, you could start a whole new film because right. he as a character does not change necessarily too much throughout right. the film. Well, I think what, what changes is just how, where he, where he puts his compulsion, right? Yeah. Like, he starts. He starts. And how he applies that. Mentality. Right. He's, he starts applying it to the people he cares about. Yeah. Like by by telling this girl, I think her name is Kelsey, um, by telling her, "Hey, I love you. I've always loved you, but I just didn't know how to do it." Like he, he's like, he, "I don't know how to express myself." He's taking that compulsive mentality and and doing it in areas of his life that he where it probably would benefit him more to do something like to be more yeah. to be that to use that compulsion to be expressive. Right. He's he's trying. He almost channels it he channels it in different ways by the end of the movie and more kind of more constructive and in positive ways by the end of the movie mm-hmm. which was a is yeah it's very subtle because he's pretty much acting the same he's just doing it in in ways that are are hopefully at least more often more beneficial to yeah. you know his life and who he is as a character well and i i kind of missed this when you first brought it up but i did want to talk talk about bill burr's character a little mm-hmm. bit ray um i wasn't I wasn't overly intrigued by the character itself. I wasn't overly intrigued by Ray, but I think that's kind of, there was kind of a cliche there within that family dynamic that we're seeing play out. Like he's the new guy that the mom's dating and the kid hates him. And like that's yeah, not, that's not like, like him. that's not like a new idea or something, no, no. something that I've, you know, we've seen it before, but I loved Bill Burr in that role because it was kind of it was new for him. He had he was still funny. He was still like you said he was forward, he was aggressive. Right. Um but it was it was something that we don't get to see in his mm-hmm. stand-up comedy. And it it was it was totally new for him and he's kind of been um I, I would like to see him branch into acting oh, a little bit it. more, but especially was, after this, I liked it because of who Bill Burr typically mm-hmm. is when he's doing his comedy right. versus who he was in the movie. And so whether, whether or not I loved his character, I loved his performance. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't really change the archetype of the character, but no. he, he made it his own and he brought his own, his own kind of uh, his own kind of style into it, and that in a way made it feel kind of different. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really different, but because it was Bill Burr doing it, kind of this very unique person in real life, mm-hmm. it kind of brought a new uh, f- flavor. I don't know. It, well, it just brought I a mean, new there's, kind of. There's uh, nobody. There's nobody else like Bill Burr. No. But he played a character that there are tons of already, and it yes. was kind of it was a it was kind of a strange combination of mm-hmm. bill burr and that character it's a strange combo but it worked it really well. worked really well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um so no yeah so we what you what you said about bill burr kind of was what i was kind of what we touched on earlier like i don't know where my train of thought was going there <laughs> stupid phone calls i know like, <clears throat> hey at least the ringer wasn't on this time true i don't know why oh probably because the volume's off on this I had a point to make about that, and I just completely lost it. That's too bad because I'm all out of points to make. I'm all out of points so, too, so we can just wrap it up. Yeah, let's let's do it here. Okay, Pete Davidson, his his performance kind of made the movie for me, mm-hmm. but it didn't. It like it didn't. It's so strange because it didn't feel like acting. Like he was just being himself, and his 
his style of humor came through, but it wasn't like overbearing. Mm-hmm. Listening to his stand up, if, if you don't like his like style of dark humor, right, and, right, and kind of, you know, he what is what is the word <clears throat> self deprecation, self depredation, no, I think self depredation, 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 what in tarnation, he's self deprecating, sure. Yeah. But if you don't like that style, then you probably won't enjoy his stand-up type comedy. Right. But, but in it it works so well <clears throat> with this character and his his quick wits come through mm-hmm. and his style of humor come through and his delivery. You can tell he's just kind of a naturally funny guy. Mm-hmm. And it 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 never it didn't feel like a performance because it felt like he was just he was just being right. himself. And it kind of works here more too because his story is so relatable yeah and i think you know it it gives you it it makes it easier to kind of kind of just accept his personality like yeah i know i'm sure i'm sure his his style of humor is probably very uh very polarizing but i think the the way he plays it here because his story is so relatable in in really in in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people i think it, it would probably make people more inclined to kind of accept how he is as a person within the within the constraints of this movie because you you know if you've experienced pain or trauma all these different things you it's kind of um it's almost cathartic to see how other people go through it even if it's you know it's mm-hmm. no no one's story is the exactly the same but we all experience trauma in different ways and when you see someone else kind of living through that trauma in a story like this one that's so closely related to his it, it 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 like I said it, it kind of makes it gives it this cathartic feeling well, to it like it makes it enjoyable to see how someone else is experiencing these things that you also might have experienced yeah. in you know in the minor different ways that it it might have happened to you. The key here for me at least is that um, you know well I, I I don't know that it's necessarily common knowledge. I know watching the film, so this is kind of personal. I know that this is based off of Pete Davidson's life, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to make changes to make it an right. entertaining movie. You couldn't just make a movie don't about make anyone's it. life and have people care about and it. And they, they don't want to make it the exact same. No, but <clears throat> but you get the idea that he's just a normal guy. And and this extends beyond what's on the screen. Like mm-hmm. this is this is just a normal guy going through normal yeah. life just like the rest right. of us when right. so often people in Hollywood and really any any celebrities or any people in the spotlight, you get this idea that everything they have is like their life is perfect. Everything they have right. is just above and beyond what they, any of us could ever imagine. But they you gain don't, this persona. Exactly. You know. So watching, watching this movie play out and knowing where it comes from mm-hmm. makes it, you know, so much more relatable to me and so much more enjoyable mm-hmm. because it's like, it's just life. It really, it really humanizes the Pete Davidson persona. Yeah. As it were. Um, okay, one thing I wanted to bring up. So the scene where they're like telling stories about his dad, do you think those are actual true stories about Pete Davidson's dad that Pete Davidson wrote into the 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 screenplay? Because I think they, they could likely be very real. I think they, yeah, I think they could be. Also, that, that scene in general, like, you know, this movie goes for laughs a lot, but there is a lot of like kind of, very serious kind of real human moments. And for me, that scene in the bar where they're talking about his dad and, and uh, Steve Buscemi, 
Steve Buscemi's character kind of kind of reveals. I forgot about him. He kind of reveals like, yeah, I, I worked with your dad for a while. Yeah. And kind of that that whole scene is just such a kind of ju- it just felt like a really genuine moment. And there were a lot of there were a lot of very genuine moments, but that one just felt so close to being like real because you know well, movies I mean, even, movies are always a fictionalized version of reality but that moment there really felt like i was i was experiencing just a moment where they were telling true stories about his dad yeah but i mean even it it was a comedy and there were a lot of scenes that were there to make you laugh but it it was funny in the same way that life is funny like right it wasn't it, a lot like peanut butter falcon a lot of the yeah. a lot of the funny moments in this movie are people just kind of saying things naturally and then when they after they say them you're like oh that was that was hilarious yeah it was was exactly it was it was funny in the same way that i think funny things play out when i'm just hanging out with my buddies you know it's right it was that type of humor it wasn't over the top it wasn't unbelievable it's very reactionary and that's that's why it worked so well with me and i also think i have a similar kind of sense of humor that he does but yeah i loved it, it was it was fun watching all of the characters kind of bond as friends, even those mm. who didn't always get along or right. or whatever. And some he, that were kind of not not friends at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Like like Ray and Scott. Also, I was I really liked Steve Buscemi in this role. It was great because it was, it was unlike really what he does. Yeah. Otherwise, like kinda, he, it was kind of normal. His characters are. It was normal, and that was abnormal for him. He always plays like kind of some weird. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I liked it. I thought I really I really it was kind of a smaller role, but I it was super impactful yeah. when he was when he was on screen and and involved. Um I I mean I think we can wrap it up wrap it up, man. Yeah. So I, this um give me, give me your give me your final thoughts. This one okay. And what, what I noticed that I've been doing a lot lately mm-hmm. is <clears throat> I've been saying that there could be a swing in the letter grade. Okay, I'm gonna pick one today and I'm gonna stick with it. Okay. I I don't know if I can do that. This one, <laughs> I'm gonna give uh, King of Staten Island. Uh, I'll give it a solid B plus. Yeah. I, the reason why I hesitate is because I feel like with a movie like this, that's that might be a little high. But I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I I think part of it is because I related so closely to right to the characters. Not mm-hmm. that my life plays out in similar ways, but there was just so much of this of this movie from from the characters to. Um, the actors playing them to the right. different scenes that we see, the funny parts, the sad parts, the happy parts, mm-hmm. whatever that it was all, it was all very relatable. And so I think that's what, that's what does it for me. It all just felt really real. Yeah. And kind of grounded in a, um, just in it, it, like it, you could have just picked a random person and this could have been their actual real life story. Um, I think I would go with the same grade. I'd give it a B plus. Um, Mainly because, I mean, there are a couple moments I feel like could have probably been trimmed for time, but I didn't, I never was, I, I didn't hate that I was watching two hours and ten minutes, so it, it's not, it's more of a nitpick than anything. Um, but yeah, I think the the grade for me there is just, yeah, there there's so much relatability and a lot of things I kind of latched onto. And I don't know, we've never necessarily talked about why we don't give movies, all these movies A pluses, but I mean... For me, it's it's hard to create a perfect movie. Uh, this one does come pretty close, though. I think there are a lot of things that I really, really liked, but just enough things that 
not necessarily threw me off, but just things that maybe could have been tweaked a little, rewritten a little. See, I, I agree with you, but I think that it's the whole movie and the, the reaction that any, any person will have to it is kind of mm. personal right. because I could easily see why someone would watch this movie and not like it or why they would watch this movie and not be able to relate to it. And that doesn't bother me. And right. so I think, I think it worked so well because of my personal response right. to it, but that, I can't necessarily point out things that I didn't like because mm-hmm. I think that's pretty subjective with a movie like this. Right. So if somebody watched it and they were like, yeah, I just, it didn't work for me. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Right. So I don't, right. I don't really care. I'm, I don't feel super strongly like this is a great movie, right. but it worked so well for me. Mm-hmm. It might not for somebody else. And, and that's fine. That is a good way to one. One thing I did actually want to see more of one thing that did bring the grade down was I wanted to see more of uh, Kelsey, his girlfriend. Yeah. I, wanted, I I think there was a lot of there were a lot of interesting things that we kind of got glimpses of, but it was never really like it was almost as if they were like this is already a two hour long movie, we can't we can't have Scott and Margie and Ray and Kelsey. Well, and Kelsey was really have individual like plot lines in this she, movie. She was really interesting, but the, she was there to drive the plot forward for mm-hmm. Scott, mm-hmm. and. It would have, yeah, it would have been awesome to see more of her. Right. The the ways that they used her though were were very intentional. They were very, and it, and it was very well done. Yeah. And she also played the character really well. She was very funny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, solid movie. I would recommend this to people. Yeah, I would too. I would recommend it with the, with the asterisk that you might not necessarily. You, you might come out of it not enjoying it as much as as we did. You kind of have to preface it with like I liked it, mm-hmm. but you may not. But I, I think it. it's I think it's worth it for just about everybody to give right. it a shot. I liked it because I related to it, but it's not quite as relatable maybe of a story as like or not as it's so because it's so individualized the mm-hmm. story, it might not be as relatable as a story like like Peanut Butter Falcon, which yeah. we, you know. But yeah. Very good movie. I'm glad I'm glad you uh I'm glad you recommended that we rented something today. That was a good choice. Kind of weird to think that this movie just came out like mid-June. Mhm. Yeah, it, it, seem, it seems long. like it's been out for ages, a long time. Yeah, and maybe that's because we didn't really get the theatrical release. Right, but also it. I was thinking about this too. This this wasn't necessarily made for the big screen. It didn't like I didn't think mm-hmm. I didn't think I lost any of the experience with this movie because we watched it at home. It no, not necessarily. It, I would have seen it in theaters, but I don't think that necessarily oh, enhances enhances the experience I had with it. I had no. I have no problem that it's just VOD seeing this in the theater would have just enhanced the the personal experience like the because you know we we both it would have been more enjoyable to see a movie in the theaters versus not right exactly because we both love being in theaters all right man that's it you want to take them out no (laughs) my turn your turn all right thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast uh we are available on apple spotify stitcher even SoundCloud, where we uh, we host all these episodes, if you want to listen there. Wherever you want, we are there. Please be sure to listen. Give us that five-star review. Leave something in the comments. Let us know what you think. We'd love to get your feedback. Let us know what you think about Staten Island. We'd love to uh, interact. Tell us what you think, and we'll reply, because our following base is so low that we'll get every email. Join, join the literally dozens of people yeah, who have watched the- at least 60 seconds of our podcast. 
that's a nice thing. You see, it's so early, we will reply because you'll probably be one of the only one or two that actually send us something. So we will reply. But seriously, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Maybe they should make a movie about us <clears throat> called called the the Kings of Sea Springs, dude. King Kings of Sea Springs. We are the kings of K- Kings of the 719. We are the kings of startup movie podcast podcast dude kings of the 719 would be a good would be a good name let's run through let's run through our that would be a good name i like that actually yeah thank you um okay let, i'm gonna run through i'm gonna run through our our podcast playlist right now okay okay i'm gonna stop the recording no don't stop the, oh i don't care what you do okay we'll this, keep going this could be kind of fun okay let's do it <laughs> i want you to t- i want you to tell me okay where where we stand give like a number uh-huh. top 10 top 100 top whatever okay for each of these podcasts so for example where do you think our podcast of the peanut butter falcon ranks in all of the podcasts that have covered the peanut butter falcon oh god like 600 you think i don't know there's been 600 podcasts i don't know about the peanut butter falcon okay 90 i think 90 is good i think 100 range Uh uh-huh palm springs yeah i bet we're top 75 yeah probably not a lot of people have talked about palm springs tenant top 200 top 5,000, bro (laughs) there are so many people that have talked about that i gotta take this Yellow. I'm recording with Dom. <laughs> we'll check. Only you can prevent wildfires. True. Did you know it's Yogi Bear, not Yogi the Bear? Yeah, I actually heard that. Okay, and... Gus. I get it. You know everything uh, already. I'm just going to stop telling you shit. Well, I heard it and I was confused because <laughs> I thought it was Yogi the Bear. You mean Smokey Bear in- instead of Smokey the Bear? Are you talking about... <laughs> yeah. I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it is Yogi Bear also, not Smokey the Bear. Or <laughs> Fuck me. Turn your alarms off. And Dude, then you are so smart at hurts. Let's get this shit. All right, I, don't, I don't have any alarms. Oh, yeah. Yeah.